Alright, welcome everyone to Joestar All-Stars, a podcast by four canteen head nerds for all you canteen head nerds out there. As always, I'm Joey Foyles. I'm Grant. I'm Tim. And I'm Victor. And today we're here to talk to you about Joe's Bizarre Adventure, Stardust Crusaders, episode 25. Iggy the... Oh shit, I should have written this down. Iggy the the Fool (laughs) and Gebs in Duel. Thank you for covering up for my lack of preparation, Tim. Part one, yeah. I have no idea if that's how it's pronounced. That's weird. No, neither do In I. Duel sounds correct. It's In okay. Duel. You wouldn't know how to pronounce it from listening to the episode either. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, and this is a JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Watch Along podcast where we watch every single episode of the show and make jokes about it. And, you know, just kind of chill, hang out. I mean, funny, right? We attempt to make jokes. Yeah. I like to think I make jokes. But, like, this is the first episode of Battle for Egypt arc. Which mm-hmm. is kind of confusing because is this a new season? Is it not? It, it kind of is, but it's still labeled as part of the previous season. So we're just going to number it as episode 25, and you're just going to have to deal with that. Yeah. Because it's, yeah. a, it's a new season as far as television seasons go, because it was the next year, but it's still part of part three, Stardust Crusaders. But that's still season two of the anime. <laughs> Are you following along yet? No, we're season three of the anime. <laughs> no, this is this is still season two. <laughs> no, it's yeah, season three. Okay. No, this is season it, three. When it's listed everywhere, it's still listed as season two. This is even though this is the third two. year of the it's show. It's listed as season three. No, this is no. listed as season two on uh, on Crunchyroll, on yeah, the no, wiki. Hold on, like, I'm going to look it up right now. It's in a different category. <laughs> no, it's Stardust is, Crusaders. Yeah, but it no. says Stardust Crusaders two. Battle for Egypt. <laughs> it's... It, uh, it, this is season two, oh, episode right. twenty-five. Yes, on on Verve, season three is Diamond is Unbreakable. <laughs> but so, it's given its own section, like it's a new season. So, so y'all, uh, if you're listening along, uh, I don't know how you it's... found this episode, but you know this is, this is the first Please. episode of Battle for Egypt. So you know, if you're here, I thought you were about to say Battle Tendency, and I was like, no. <laughs> Please tell us how you found this episode. We would very much like to know. <laughs> yeah, it's it's season two, part two, which is actually part three, part two. <laughs> Look, y'all, thank you for listening. Thank you for following along because you can click on this randomly. You got here organically, and I like to thank you for listening all this time. So, new season, new opening. We get a good in <laughs> medias res thing here before the opening hits, where it like does this huge panning shot. It's almost it reminded me a lot of the Sun episode. Where it just started, they're all in the desert again. Yeah, Reminds me of it, the first season where they used a gratuitous amount of 3D in the first episode. Yeah, the, the actually composition yep. is pretty good too. Yeah, as they I, do a 3D I, pan around just the group just standing in the middle of fucking nowhere. The transition is so good. Mm. Yeah, I, it, it 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 is reminiscent of the Sun episode also in that it's a wide sweeping CG shot of the desert. <laughs> <laughs> and, like and this is what they get for not killing the Sun. <laughs> That's right, recurring villain, the sun comes back. <laughs> and we get it, it's about damn time from Joe Rowe. Hell, it's about, about damn time. <laughs> and then we cut to the opening, which this is the only season that you get the opening. Well, it's not really... Uh, 
Is it this season or is it this part of the season? <laughs> anyway, <laughs> anyway, this is, a, this is a dumb thing, and like, I, the only note I have here is the end of the world starts and then pause for twenty minutes of jerking off. Oh yeah. <laughs> Welcome. Really, to- you guys are really into it. All right, Victor. I, I'm gonna make a bet with you. Like, I, the end of the world. Okay, a it's a JoJo opening. It's objectively good, and I know you're not gonna like it at first. It's going to grow on you, and I almost guarantee you it's going to be, like, your favorite opening yet. Yeah, by the end, you're going to be like, this is fucking amazing. See, because, like, you guys are all about it. Oh, yeah, we are really oh, into it. I've, <laughs> I'm listening to this right now as we record, and I've got goosebumps. And he has not stopped jerking off the entire time. I have not also, stopped jerking <laughs> off the entire time. <laughs> Victor, do me a favor. Don't look it up on YouTube. Just gonna say that. Uh, just spoil spoiler tastic videos. There are spoilers all over the place in the opening. Don't look anything up on it. Like, it, it will don't, be very easy to be incidentally. Don't even look on YouTube for this song. Okay. Uh, if, if you need your fix, just listen to uh, just just open an episode. Well, fortunately, <laughs> I'm not gonna need my fix for quite some time because Acacia and I were not into it the first time we saw it. Yeah, really, man. Just like, like uh, uh, okay, this thing. I see what they're doing because I know about the song itself. Like I know who's doing it. It's but all three of them, man. I know it's all three of them, and like I, I love that I just did Sonochino Sadame and Stand Proud very recently because it feeds into this so nicely. But yeah. it, it, again, just the composition. There's something about it that doesn't quite click for me at first. Uh, you'll come around. It, it's a lot like Fighting Gold for me, where I, yeah. I didn't like it at first either, but it grows on you the more you listen to it and the more you see and the more you understand about it. It works really well, like, with this season, too. I don't know. Something about it, it's just kind of amazing. And this thing is jam-packed full of spoilers. Like, I've never seen an opening so crammed full of spoilers before that you would never get until after you watched episodes that they're spoiling. We could almost do an episode just at, after the fact, on this opening, about what it does. I will say that I did love the uh, the three of them doing the auras at the end. It's so good. It's very good. It gives me fucking goosebumps every time. <laughs> the extended version of the song, they go on for a long time. It's... <laughs> Like, we could really dissect this opening, but, like, it would be very spoiler-tastic. Suffice to say, it's very beautiful. Like, it, it, they do all the 3D CG JoJo uh, opening stuff again. Um, I love the part where it, it goes on, like, March on his Crusaders, and it goes, ha, 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 ha and, like, all, all their the stands pop up. Yeah! It gets me pumped every time. <laughs> JoJo's dumbass vines are there. It's great. Mm-hmm. It's good. It's I, good. How'd you like the uh, the super spoiler that at the end of the last opening, the sixth star comes over, and that might be tied into what's in, in this episode, Victor? Whoa. 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 <laughs> <laughs> no? I mean, I, I, I have to wait to see what Araki does with Iggy, because this episode is something fucking else. <laughs> <laughs> Iggy has an introduction. Yep. I, all right, so in the manga, we start off with Facts about Muhammad Abdul. Woo! Oh, Abdul, facts. Yeah. Abdul facts. Let's go. Yeah. All right. Muhammad Abdul. Abdul. Born in Cairo, Cairo Egypt. Ooh, Ooh he's AD an Aries. Blood type. Ooh, mm. Just my type. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he's 188 centimeters tall. I don't know how tall. His favorite that is. color is That's orange. like six foot. That, yeah, it's like six feet tall. Okay, nobody's Man. under six foot here. Okay. Yeah. Sure. 
Wound on uh, the he... forehead caused by a whole horse's bullet. Yeah. <laughs> you don't say. You don't his say. hobby is collecting old books. I dig his, that. His favorite food is sushi. Like Oh, definitely my type. Egypt <laughs> in the 80s. Wow. He's a man of culture. Yeah. Well, All right. I, I'm just going to assume Joseph got turned on to it. Probably. <laughs> wait, wait, no. Personal... He hates the Japanese. <laughs> oh, fuck. Wait, oh, God. Wait, you're right. Wait. Personality. Just like his thick eyebrows and his wide chin, he oh. is full of confidence. What <laughs> is that sentence? <laughs> what? That, that might be a translation error. I'm not sure. If you if you notice, I... these manga panels have deteriorated. Because this is definitely... the best I could find. That, this feels racist, but I'm not sure how. It's definitely a translation error because of the last sentence is, he has a good partnership with Joseph who has great judgment. He's got great judgment. No, that, that's because this is Abdul writing his own biography. It's like, yeah, he's partnered with me. Great judgment. No, he's saying Joseph has great judgment here. Yeah, exactly. Great judgment for partnering with Abdul, the only competent motherfucker on the team. Like, Fair. I don't know. Kakyoin is also pretty good. I feel like Kakyoin and Avtol probably could have just done this on their own. Yeah. Yeah, probably. Oh, wait, no, you need Jotaro. Yeah. Yeah, you, you need Star Platinum. You need you yeah. need your big stick. Yeah. I'm not convinced Star Platinum couldn't have just done all of this by himself. <laughs> As you see, he couldn't have even defeated the fool, so I mean, <laughs> no, he specifically specifically tells Polner that he can defeat this fool, which I oh, 100% believe. Yeah. That's because I'm, I'm pretty sure Avdol can't beat... Polner can't beat anybody. We'll get to that. That's, that's yeah. very good, and we have. I'm sure we have a lot to say clowning on Polner. But <laughs> it, I, I have a feeling it's going to continue for a very long time. <laughs> right, so they're, they're waiting here for a helicopter in the middle of the desert. And this is Pol- when Joseph finally tells them why they're in the middle of the desert. As we, as Joseph continually does not tell anybody anything about what they're doing. Why would you? We like, and we know it's a helicopter because Polnareff. Like, we see a helicopter. Polnareff shouts, "What's that? What's that? <laughs> it's a helicopter!" <laughs> and Kakui just says, "Don't state the obvious, you idiot." <laughs> I really, really like Kakui's growing relationship with Polnareff because he gives less than zero fucks about him at this point. <laughs> Like Dude, it's look, been ever since ever that plane crash, it's just, just been bad blood between them. <laughs> it's <been> anti himbojuice. <laughs> just pumping out that anti himbojuice. Like Kakuin has had it with Polaris shit. Seriously, dude, shut up. We can see it's a helicopter. I love how these pilots are like framed like they're fucking stand users. <laughs> that was okay. So Victor, for how long did you think the stand user was going to be one of these guys? I I didn't because I know. About Iggy, like I, I know you guys have told me about no, the fucking the dog. enemy stand users. <laughs> oh no, no, no! I didn't believe that either because we discussed this at the end of last episode. <laughs> it was a, like uh, we we see a helicopter with these two stand user looking motherfuckers <laughs> in the front. <laughs> it gets me every single time. Every single time they show somebody, it's a, obviously a stand user. That's not a stand user. I'm just like. <laughs> They're so like the fucking frank. doctor from the Empress episode. They're menacing as fuck. <laughs> yeah, they're, these are the most menacing as fuck pilots I've ever seen. What? Like, they, this episode really wants you to think that they're stand users. And I'm not sure to what end. <laughs> there is no end. You really think that Iraqi has an end goal in mind? Yeah, you're uh, right. 
Like, up until the moment the stand user shows up, Araki probably planned for them to be stand users. <laughs> <laughs> Planning for the helicopter villains. to be a stand. Do, do y'all remember the the villains from the Majin Buu, like, tournament arc? Yes. Oh, Dragon yeah, Z, yeah. That, like, steals Gohan's power or some bullshit? That's what these guys remind me of for some reason. Yeah, Spopovich and whatever. Spopovich and, yeah. That's the energy these guys are giving off. <laughs> yeah, you're right. They yes. definitely have oh, M's on their forehead underneath those hats. <laughs> yeah, there's definitely M's under those hats. That's really oh. specific, Grant. I dig it. It's extremely specific, but That's... they gave off the extremely specific energy. Yeah, I'm well, just reading I mean, it. When you have the right example, you use it <laughs> because yeah. it is 100% perfect. Maybe I'm just primed by their hats that look like fucking Dragon Balls. They do. A little, I, I, you yeah. thought that too? Okay. Okay. I always thought orange slices were looking at them. I, I got Dragon Balls. Yeah. That's fair. I mean, they have like, they have seven stars on them. Or they have seven dots or whatever they are. Mm-hmm. Seven like, shapes. They're, they're lotus seed slices or lotus slices, whatever. They're speed wagon wheels. They uh, look more yeah. like revolver chambers. I mean, it <laughs> makes a lot more sense, Joey, now that you point it out. <laughs> so anyway, to cut back to what you were saying, yeah, Joseph didn't tell anyone this. He's like, all right, we've got someone else here. And Abdul's like, no, not him. He can't be trusted. We can't use him. His ha- his card represents the fool. And again, Polnareff just, the fool? His sand sounds stupid. <laughs> sounds like a fucking chump. <laughs> And what a coincidence, Polnareff. We're trading fucking cards with him. <laughs> this is when they should have just, like, tossed uh, Polnareff onto the helicopter after they got the new one. Yeah. User. It's like, all right, pit stop, like, party change. Uh, we get a lot of things here that are just so perfect for this to be the first episode of a new, like, season of the show. Because we get to, it, like, firmly establish that Polnareff is... The, the butt monkey here like, <laughs> and that he is going to get clowned on by literally everything first All right. because we like, we introduce a new member to the team by clowning on Polnareff <laughs> not just an enemy stage user an allied stage user has to dunk on Polnareff before he can join the team yeah, like, <laughs> like, like is like yeah you wouldn't stand a chance against this new stand user <laughs> And Polnareff has the fucking balls to get upset about this. Like, <laughs> hey, Polnareff wasn't even, like, clowning on him. He's like, no, dude, like, you would lose. You know, it's not as if we haven't encountered stands that don't make any sense that obviate other stands. But Polnareff's like, the fuck did you just say? And starts grabbing him by... And I was like, dude, what is your problem? <laughs> like, and we... Also, for this new season, we lose the new Avdol and go back to the old Avdol. Because he is <laughs> he is right back to the personality that I actually recognize. <laughs> it's a, look, look it, his wound is still healing. His brain damage is repairing itself. <laughs> That's not how brain damage works. I feel it's like Polarif is like taking his pain, the brain damage unto himself. <laughs> He's absorbing it. <laughs> All of his previous mistakes with Avdol, I mean, they're canceled out. Is, it's is fine. He, like, he can go back to his old idiot self. Is is Polnareff just a brain? Is a is he a Stan dementia grounding wire? <laughs> I like to think of it like a black hole where it's like collapsed under its own weight and is sucking everything else into it. That's fucking stupid. Yeah, and how he cuts the nothingness. The space between nothingness and nothingness. <laughs> 
<laughs> okay, so, so Polnareff opens this helicopter and he's like, let me get a look at this stand user. And he like puts his hand down on the seat and he touches some mysterious l- l- fluid. It's and he's dog like, oh, what's this? It's, it's definitely it's dog so sticky. It's definitely it. dog jizz. He is <laughs> extremely casual about this mystery fluid. He puts it right up to his face and just like plays with it in his hand. Like... I'm surprised he doesn't give it a taste test. And I'm like, yeah, like, absolutely. I was expecting I'm surprised he doesn't like it. sniff it. And I'm like, what are you doing, my dude? Why are you Be- doing this? Being Polnareff. That could be anything. <laughs> I'm watching it right now. It's so gross. It's so gross because it is so obviously dog jizz. Because it's not. The, the way you really know it's dog jizz is because they refuse to tell you what it actually is. <laughs> it doesn't look like the coffee gum we see later. No. <laughs> not at all. It is a nice, like, whitish, clearish fluid. <laughs> And anyone who's in, like, everyone who's in on what Iggy is is like, dude, get away from there. It's dangerous. And Polnareff's like, ah, it's not dangerous. Where is this guy? Oh. No, seriously. Dude, Polnareff is the worst. The worst. It's Welcome. okay. He deserves what happens next to him. Yes. Welcome to Joestar All-Stars, where we just shit on Polnareff for an hour. <laughs> Hey, you guys told me that Polnareff was going to be the main character of Stardust Crusaders. I didn't expect it to be like this. (laughs) But you can't deny that he gets more screen time than, like, any other character. I mean, it's true. It's absolutely true. It's because we have to dunk on him constantly. Constantly. And we're at, like, halfway, Victor, and it picks up the pace. Did, Did, like, a Frenchman, like... Wrong Iraqi somehow. <laughs> <laughs> Iraqi yeah. was taking his his world tour vacation in preparation for Stardust Crusaders, and when he got to France, somebody was rude to him, and he's like, "No, oh, he's like, oh, you, wait, wait, oh, let me show you." You're <laughs> right. Being rude to me, I'll the be guy rude to you. Probably had this haircut too. This is like a revenge <laughs> fantasy for Iraqi. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God. I'll show just him. Sister back. Let's bring her back, but she's a clay golem, and you're going to fucking kill her again, because fuck you, that's why. <laughs> Did Rocky's boyfriend leave him for a Frenchman? <laughs> I think A total himbo. I think, obviously, that his daughter married a Frenchman and moved to France away from him. So he's like Joseph, but for French. Yes. He hates the Frenchanese. The Frenchanese. The timeline on that does not work out. But... You're assuming Araki's age is his true age. <laughs> You're right. I, You're you want... assuming that Araki reproduces sexually. That's <laughs> true. One of his budding clones You're left right. him for a Frenchman 200 years ago. I just assume he's like Zeus and it like it just comes out of his brain at some point. Fully formed. Fully just... formed. And that's how we get JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Yeah. No, exactly. half formed, barely half formed. <laughs> no, this is its true form. This is this it's is fully just, baked, Joey. It's just, oh no. <laughs> so anyway, a dog goblin jumps out of the helicopter and just starts going to town on Polaris' face and hair. Because this dog's defining quality is apparently that he loves to pull human hair out by the mouthful. And nobody has killed this dog yet. It's a stand user. What are you going to do to him? This dog's got superpowers. I'm shocked 
honestly shocked that Iraqi has not killed this dog yet, considering his track record. Also, like Joseph is like, yeah, no other person, no no animal control person in New York could take care of this dog. <laughs> Abdul was the only one who was able to capture him. Abdul looks really proud about that too. Oh yeah, he I like mean, he lit his farts <laughs> on fire. It was great. It was a lot of fun. So, so let's just sort this out real quick. He claims that Polnareff would not be able to defeat him. Uh-huh. All right. But Avdol did in order yeah. to capture him. Yeah. So we're saying that Polnareff still ain't shit. Yeah. Well, Polnareff can't beat the dog, like, I... regardless of stance. Like, Polnareff loses to the dog. <laughs> <laughs> this very, very small Boston Terrier. <laughs> Man, like Araki, <laughs> what are you doing adding a dog to to like main roster? Somebody <laughs> was like, I'm tired of Araki killing every dog in the series and he's like, Oh, you want a fucking dog to live? Alright, I'll show you a dog <laughs> that lives in this goddamn dog. series. It just makes the most hideous fucking dog I've ever seen. Yeah. <laughs> so lumpy. I'm so very lumpy. sorry, Tim, because I realized, oh no, I made Tim read manga Iggy. <laughs> oh yeah, manga manga Iggy is more goblin than dog. <laughs> Like yeah. it's vaguely dog shaped. Vaguely, it, it's it's more like how monkeys are drawn in other things. Like they're oh, yeah. small. Like this... Their their angles aren't very aren't right. The knees not where it's supposed to be. Muscular. Yeah. Why is his back so ripped? Why is his neck so thick? Because uh, he's an Dude. honorary Joe Star. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, yeah, the dog just chews up Polnareff's hair, farts in his face, defeats Polnareff. Yep. <laughs> like, it, it, is this character added just to, to stunt on Polnareff some more? Oh, no. Yes. It, it was added because somebody was like, I could do a really good dog voice, and, like, Iraqi just completely 100% believed them, and he I, shouldn't have. He shouldn't have because this is the worst. Joey is doing a perfect recreation right now. God, it's so bad. I've heard a lot of really bad anime dogs because for some reason they refuse to get anything remotely realistic. This is one of the worst. It's great. <laughs> it's so perfect. So you know, you, you get you get the people just going gow 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 like actually not even attempting to sound like a dog, and this is worse than that. Look, if this sounded good, it wouldn't be JoJo. That's true. <laughs> But also, look, in, look into Iggy's uncaring oh eyes. The bottom panel Iggy, with standing in front of the fool, is just <laughs> iconic. The eyes are wider than his head. <laughs> it's just how dogs be. He's like... Who, who inbred fl- this dog? He's like a flounder. He's... <laughs> <laughs> God. And the stand just takes on the dumbest form I have ever seen. Oh, man. I, I actually fucking... really like the fool. I love the fool. I didn't say I didn't like it. I just said it was really fucking stupid. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It is really fucking stupid. But some, somehow it works. All right. So it's got the front half of a cyborg with, like, wires <laughs> up its arm. The back half of a car. And its head's got feathers and goggles. And it's got it's got dog paws for front arms. I was like, I want to make this clear. It's got like a dog body up front, and then it's just got 
like a car in the back. <laughs> <laughs> this design is incomprehensible. <laughs> like, there is no aesthetic to it. It doesn't, like, wh- where did this come from? It's like Echo's there, Act 1. <laughs> it's like everything about this character and its stand is out of spite. <laughs> Like, 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 uh, somebody at Shonen Jump was like, "Hey, Araki, we need you to add a dog character to your your roster." And he's like, oh. "It's like, well, you want you want a fucking dog stand user? I'll give you a fucking dog stand user." No, they just said add a lovable dog to, for the Stardust Crusaders to have. And he's like, "It's a fucking stand user." It's like he wrote, like, submitted what he wrote on a napkin while drunk. <laughs> That, or that high on right. all of that cocaine we know he did. The benders that Iraqi must have been on in the late 80s. <laughs> Dude, I have I have so much affection for Iggy. Iggy is one of my favorite characters. Like, I think he's a high positive for Stardust Crusaders. I agree. You love pugs, so this checks out, I think. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, not only that. I mean, it's, Iggy puts Polnareff in his place very well <laughs> yep. he mm. he acts like a dog would if he didn't have to have have to rely on anybody and lived on the streets of new york yeah he would just be an asshole and it's great i love so it so i gotta ask yeah does the dog talk eventually maybe i figure stands can <laughs> communicate dogs yeah, right <laughs> Right? I mean, like... I'll never tell. The, the orangutan didn't bother actually communicating with words, uh, but that may have just been a Rocky up his own ass. The, uh, like, the, the answer is not for 16 episodes. Victor, would it surprise you more or less if, like, would you be more surprised if Iggy did nothing this entire season or actually did a lot? I would be more surprised if the dog did nothing, honestly. Hmm. We'll see, Victor. We'll see, but... While we're on the subject of Iggy, Iggy's a music reference, isn't it? Yeah, to uh, Iggy Pop, I imagine. I th- not that many musical Iggy's out there, are there? I can't Iggy think of another off the top of my head. Yeah, sorry, oh, it was an Iggy Azalea reference. <laughs> we did it. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome once again to JoJo's Bizarre Western Music Reference, where this week we'll be covering Iggy Pop. Considered by many to be the godfather of punk, Iggy Pop has had a long and storied career stretching back to the late 1960s. The hero of our story, a young James Newell Osterberg Jr., was a student at the University of Michigan in the state where he was born. There, in 1967, he saw a very early performance from a little band called The Doors, and this was a transformative experience. At this tiny concert in a packed school gymnasium, uh, he said it looked like the music video for Smells Like Teen Spirit in there, The Doors lead singer Jim Morrison blew Osterberg's mind with his wild stage antics. In Iggy's own words, So, here's this guy out of his head on acid, dressed in leather with his hair all oiled and curled. The stage was tiny and it was really low. It got confrontational. Part of me was like, 
wow, this is great. He's really pissing people off and he's lurching around making these guys angry. People were rushing the stage and Morrison's going, fuck you, you blank, blank, blank. You can fill in your sexual comments yourself. And Iggy figured that if these jackasses could score a big nationwide hit, then he had no excuse not to be out there giving it everything he had. This experience would be the basis for the first decade of Iggy's career, where he and his band The Stooges would perform an early kind of punk music, and he would do all sorts of crazy shit on stage. He nearly always performed shirtless, and sometimes he would roll around in broken glass, or expose himself, or stage dive into the crowd at a time when that was a new thing. This is the late 60s and early 70s we're talking about here. The Beatles were still together when the Stooges released their first album. In 1971, Iggy would meet the most influential man of his whole career, a man that he will forever be associated with, David Bowie. Bowie, who had already scored a hit with Space Oddity in 1969, liked what he heard from Iggy and decided to help produce the Stooges' next album. Bowie's influence helped Raw Power do better than the first two albums, which really hadn't done much at all, but it would take many years before people would grow to appreciate it as a major precursor to the 70s punk movement. The villain in this whole story is Iggy's recurring heroin addiction, which is partially responsible for the breakup of the Stooges and cripples Iggy's career after Raw Power. He checks into rehab, and David Bowie stays in contact with him. Uh, eventually, Bowie invites Iggy along for a major tour in 1976, and then they both go to Berlin in an attempt to kick their cocaine and heroin addictions, respectively. The recording sessions in Berlin result in a number of collaborations between the two songwriters, and they both release some of the best albums of their whole careers, David Bowie's Berlin Trilogy and Iggy Pop's first two solo albums, The Idiot and Lust for Life. So, I've said a fair bit about Iggy Pop here, and there's a ton more to say, but this is the meat and potatoes of his career, from the Stooges' beginnings to those first two solo albums. And there's actually a happy ending to the story. He survived the heroin and is still making music to this day. The Stooges have even gotten back together a time or two. I want to go out on something that people might not have ever heard, which is Iggy Pop's original recording of the eventual David Bowie hit, China Girl. You see, even after recording two well-respected solo albums, Iggy didn't really strike it big, and his career stalled out again afterward, so his buddy David recorded his own versions of the songs that they co-wrote together. This way, he could put his own spin on them and turn them into hits, while giving Iggy those sweet, sweet royalty checks to float him through the early 80s. So while you've probably heard Bowie's version of China Girl a thousand times, here's the one you might not be as familiar with. Iggy Pop, ladies and gentlemen. Storm running into town Just like a sacred cow Vision the swastika in my head And plans for it all I want It's in the Yeah, normally I'd have like some JoJo pun, but I I just don't really like Iggy Pop. So back to JoJo. Yeah, JoJo. <laughs> There's a whole yeah. lot of episode to cover. We do have a lot of stand or grounded.
Anyway, yeah. So <laughs> a lot turns of desert out, to cover. <laughs> Iggy Iggy's stand is made out of sand, and then he clowns on Polnareff yeah. and just swallows him whole, as it as it was foretold. Yeah, Polnareff's like, "Please, dear God, someone help me!" As Iggy is just eating his face, and Kakuin's <laughs> like, "Nah, I don't want to get my hair messed up." <laughs> like, <laughs> it's like, yeah, I don't want to get my hair eaten. <laughs> I really fucking love Kakuin this episode. <laughs> <laughs> Kakuin's new relationship with Polnareff is the best. It's just, it's great. It's great. He's being a petty bitch, and I love it. I, I think I really missed that the first go around. This go around, I, I, I really do appreciate it. I really We're love really it. Really picking apart the nuance here. Yeah, <laughs> the, the deep well the sweet, that is sweet Joe's misheard. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> turns out there is a way to save Polnareff. Woo! Coffee flavored chewing gum. And I'm like, who makes this? That sounds disgusting. I I love coffee, but coffee flavored chewing gum just sounds awful to me. What kind of monster found out that Iggy likes this? Was he just pulling a, (laughs) gotta get a taste of my favorite treat, coffee flavored chewing gum? And like, sells chocolate, (laughs) coffee flavored chewing gum. The Speedwagon Foundation. Who thinks it's a good yeah, idea to continue feeding Foundation. chewing gum to your dog? I mean, when your dog has supernatural powers. <laughs> I guess who's going to tell the dog no? But... <laughs> Not these two idiot fucking helicopter pilots. Without stands. <laughs> Still not convinced they don't have stands. They might have stands. <laughs> Polnareff is able to, to fix his hair in uh, the same way he was able to it before. It does the rewind sound. It does the rewind sound again. <laughs> but clearly his stand power. <laughs> Abdul pulls out a piece of chewing gum and... Iggy just Jane Jetsons him and like takes <laughs> takes the back. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> 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 Specific, I dig it. <laughs> and everyone's like, seriously, dude. It's Iggy just goes to town on it. <laughs> That's some. That is some prime terrible looking dog chewing gum. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's, it's it's not good. <laughs> Anyways, we get a resupply from the Speedwagon Foundation. He's like, "All right, Mister Joe Star, we've gotten all the supplies you need here. He's even a camera, so you can use your stand power on it." <laughs> he's like, <laughs> "All right." He's like, "All right." I have. I was sandbagging even to the Speedwagon Foundation. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot I didn't tell y'all that my stand did other it, things. And he's like, "Oh yeah, this will be totally easier than using a TV." Right, right, wink. So they immediately take a picture with the Polaroid. I love this Polaroid. Oh, yeah. It's because I don't know what it is, but Polnareff absolutely looks like he wants to fuck Joseph in this. Yeah, he's holding up Joseph's chin. He's doing the thing from, like, the the Japanese vines or whatever. Like, where you hold your hand out and they put their face in, but he does it to Joseph? It's very weird. I'm like, wait. Polnareff and like this are is they, a rare pair. Are, are they <laughs> fucking? Like what? Is that why Polnareff's still around? Hmm. <laughs> yeah, that we, would explain a lot. We always thought that. Look, it was our theory back in the day where Polnareff had found his sugar daddy. Mm-hmm. We had brought that to the surface. Yeah, yeah. I think that's. I guess that's canon. 
Don't. Is that why Joseph just likes having Paul Nerf driving uh, him around? Well, just not like... this episode. Yeah, he's driving this episode. Which... I like. I saw oh, this. Yeah. And it's just like, wait, Joseph's actually driving. That's well, never that was happened. A bad we're, decision. We're in Egypt. It's serious time. <laughs> and also, like hell was Joseph riding in the bag. <laughs> <laughs> so they take this Polaroid, and Joe Tar is looking at it as like Paul Nerf is rolling around in the background. And, getting chased by uh uh iggy mm-hmm. and jotara actually looks happy yeah he's smiling and i'm like oh yes. I-, I was taken aback for a little bit and i was like <laughs> i didn't expect to see this <laughs> a rare joseph or jotaro jotaro mm. we, <laughs> we get the Speedwagon foundation telling him like oh yeah we got a report that you're gonna have more stand users to fight this season I love that that Kakuin is just like, wait a minute, we're out of tarot cards. (laughs) There couldn't possibly be more stand users, we're out of tarot cards. I love how astounded Abdol is here. (laughs) It doesn't make any sense, I don't know either. This goes against all laws of nature that we understand. Y'all, this is all self-imposed. You didn't have to have tarot cards in your hands. No, no, no. Don't you understand? Because they named after tarot cards, that put an upper limit on the number of stands there could be. Perfect. My favorite that, part about that this... That was ingenious. That was my stand power. My favorite part about this is uh, Kendall Dio. Just shadow Dio, but just like... Not even like covered with shadows in the face. Just ex- like... Oh, pre- yeah. Yeah. He's His face pre-painted. is just blacked out. Like He's I got a real question, <laughs> the question thing going yeah. on. Yeah. <laughs> no nipples. This is Rorschach Dio here. It's great. So the Speedwagon dudes fly off to live happily ever after, and then we get a pic- like, shot of our Duke Devlin-ass like, stand user here. Oh my god, I'm sexually in- attracted to this fucking villain. This is no, such... It's not bad. It's real good. This is exactly what I want. I want every single stand, like every single stand user, to look exactly like Hinduel. Yeah, that's fair. Like a hot man. blind man. Yes, one hundred percent. He's built. He's got that headband. His outfit actually looks like somewhat reasonable. And... He definitely looks like he's from a different anime. <laughs> yes, what yeah. with an actual coherent aesthetic. Yep. He's got some battle tendency, Joseph. Here, though, it's good. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You're right. I just want oh, young Joseph again. You figured it out. <laughs> I'm a simple man with simple taste. So yeah, we cut to the car. Uh, Iggy is taking up an entire seat and pulling us mad about it, but not mad enough to like actually challenge him for the seat. He knows his place. <laughs> oh, seat now. I'm, I'm, pretty, I'm pretty sure that uh, Iggy has asserted his dominance. Mm-hmm. If you I know love what that 17-year-old Jotaro gets to ride up front. And not like Avdol. <laughs> no, again. Who, by the way, is still recovering from a head wound. Asserting dominance. Again. <laughs> Y'all... It's like any normal car. They'd be like, hey, kids, get in the back. Like, <laughs> my, like, look at this fucking manga panel. I want y'all to really appreciate what I do for you. Uh-huh. Because Iggy is, oh, a, is a hideous oh. monster. <laughs> oh, no. Jesus. It looks like he's melting. Good God. <laughs> Oh, no. Like, the eyes don't go, like, the right direction any time. Oh, it's so awful. Like, there's no energy in this character. It's just, like... His head is so muscular. It's a gremlin, and it's here. (laughs) This dog, like, the dog of... The Iggy of the anime actually looks like 
you know, he might ever contribute to team. This Iggy in the manga looks like this is like a 17 and a half year old dog, you know, just uh, he's old, he's tired, he just doesn't <laughs> want to be uh, here. Just, he's <laughs> lumpy in all the wrong places. I, I stand by my theory. <laughs> I stand by my theory that this, this character is made out of spite. Yeah. So they come across the wreckage of the Speedwagon Foundation helicopter. What? Joseph wasn't even flying that. Yeah, I was I thinking to myself, like, oh, it's a good thing they didn't let Joseph get on his helicopter. And then yeah, I saw Joseph. the crash helicopter, and I'm like, oh, Joseph standing near it was enough. <laughs> yeah, <apparently. laughs> to pass the he, got little, he got a little contact crash. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Um. So one guy's like pinned under it in a very gruesome way with his fingernails bent back, and they go over it. It turns out he drowned in the desert as they push his head to a side and like a fish comes out. (laughs) Water comes out in a way that doesn't really make sense. And they go over to the other guy. It's terrifying though. Yes. And the other guy is inexplicably like dehydrated. He's like, Water and Joseph's like, What's that? You want water? The thing that killed the other guy? Here, get <laughs> in that canteen that's sitting right there. And the guy freaks out and then gets decapitated. And not just like has his head cut off, has his head pulled ripped. off. Fucking oh. ripped the fuck off. Oh like, man. It's gruesome. Okay, I I want you to paint me a word picture. Oh god. Because I'll like because I'll oh, paint no. you a manga I'll paint you a manga picture. Oh no. <laughs> oh god. Oh God! You ever seen watching the anime? I love you. They 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 don't get to do a scene transition where something is blacked out. They have to black it out during the scene. Okay, like the hand reaches so, out, it touches him, and then suddenly the face is black. The Blu-ray version, you get like the full force. Like oh. it, it, you see, like the t- the tearing of the flesh, oh. blood geysering everywhere. It is amazingly gruesome and so the thing drags his head into the canteen like so it's weird to me that the first guy drowns the second guy's dehydrated this is a water stand it doesn't do those things it really does not (laughs) you 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 pointed out that he was inexplicably dehydrated i'm like oh right this stand doesn't do that (laughs) this copal just needs to stay hydrated Rocky changed mid-drawing what he wanted the stand to no. do. <laughs> hey, they're in a desert. Once per day, Induul can like activate a stand and pull the amount of water from one body and put it in the other and then control it. Obviously. Oh, okay, that makes it's sense. The, it's the summoning ritual. So, what I that's like... Some bu- that's some fucking bullshit. I know. He would have <laughs> used it on the main cast if that was the way that it worked, but I get it. So, I like Geb because Geb actually is your tutorial stand for long-range stands. Like, forget that um, the high just happened because that wasn't anything. Uh, but, like, <laughs> this is pretty much how long-distance stands work from here on out. They have very specific rules that they have to follow, but they can still be very potent. They, they're just limited. You know, like, it has to hone in by sound. And that's a very good thing that they consistently keep for the rest of the series. You know, as opposed to... <laughs> The fucking uh, lovers, or Hierophant Green, or yeah, or Tower of Gray—they just don't really do. Th- this is kind of how it works, and this is much more interesting because now the they're sun. defeating it using its limitations. It's it's good. Yes, the dude's like four kilometers away though, so? and somehow he's like 
listening to them through the ground he has tremor sense oh my god that that's exactly what i wanted from this episode was like i just want to watch kevin bacon and tremors again i got a tremors (laughs) vibe when they're running to the car before that they're all like hiding and general can't even find a mirror and and we get another great interaction this kakuin's like polnareff Touch go the canteen. The, go get. Go attack the canteen. <laughs> He's like, "What? No way! You, you do it. You do it." He's like, "No, nah, d- don't wanna." Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Chuck says, "I don't want to." <laughs> and Polter was like, are, "Are you for real? You just told me to do it when you have no desire to do it." Yeah, it's okay because the skin user comes to them. It's like Polterf has a very reasonable argument that Emerald Splash is a long range attack. Yeah, but you're more expendable than Emerald Splash, <laughs> <laughs> which is saying a lot. <laughs> Look, Polterf, I have Holly to go back to. <laughs> <laughs> Your sister's already dead. <laughs> oh. Oh, jeez. <laughs> do, do you even have anyone who loves you? Because mm, I, I sure as hell don't. <laughs> Joseph You're uses you. cut in Paul Blart, Grant. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, a water hand comes up out of the ground and slashes Kakuin's face. Not Our, before it does really like creepy, like twitching hand movements. Oh yeah. man! Oh, Every it time good. it comes out, it has to do this thing where it like forms the hand and then fans out the webbed fingers and then it's, like wiggles the finger. Yeah, but it color shifts into like purples and reds around Kakuin and Polnareff. So I it looks it. like I, oh, the, the weird way it's shaded gives Kakuin this terrible mustache. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! It totally does. so turns out this thing is honing in on them via sound which is why it went after the shouty ones and we're it's only surprising that joseph hasn't lost his shiny new hand yet yes because we got a slashing (laughs) attack yeah like one of the pilot's alarms on his watch goes off and it like immediately changes course from attacking polnareff to attacking the wristwatch none of this makes sense with what we find out it's it's attacking based on sound, and he's just shouting it at the top of his lungs, and I'm and everybody's shouting at each other, and for some reason they're not triggering the stand at all, and I'm like, okay, whatever, my dude. All right, y'all are gleaming over the most important part of this, where Kakuin gets his eyeballs sliced. Oh yeah, they're bad. Oh, it's, it's real upsetting. It is full eyeball slice. It's it's not good. It's, it, I didn't want to think about it. No, I, I, like I need you to dwell on this for a minute. Nope. No, my boy's eyes. Like, my poor sweet Kakuin. We're going to cut to them on the car. The guy's like, I've got them right where I want them. And he starts, like, eating the car with a stand. But Iggy catches wind immediately Ooh. and jumps out. And this, like, the guy's like, wait a minute. This dog could tell when I was getting ready Ooh. to attack. He can probably s- <laughs> Yeah, like, he can probably sense that I was about to attack. And, like, it just cuts over to Iggy. And he's just looking fucking nonchalant. He just like, goes back to sleep. Just goes back screaming. to sleep. <laughs> Polnareff is very upset by this. <laughs> and, like, it, it's good because it keeps cutting between Iggy, who's just, like, taking a nap. And the rest of them like hanging onto this car, screaming. <laughs> and and Duel is like is like now starting to feel really conflicting. He's like, maybe I should deal with this dog first, get him out of the way. I can tell he's dangerous. Oh no, wait, he's going to sleep. <laughs> 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 These guys. <laughs> 
and the episode ends on like a still frame as they all kind of fly off of the car screaming at Iggy. To be continued. <laughs> Please, Iggy, you have a sand stand. You're literally the one that we fucking need to do this. No. To be continued. <laughs> to be continued. I love the slow way the to be continued arrow comes onto the screen. It's not like the rapid fire ones we get like all the way back in Phantom Blood. This to be continued takes a full like second and a half to it appear. It takes its damn time. And then we get and then we get the worst fucking ending. <sighs> Look at all these fucking JPEGs just roll across the screen. <laughs> I, I think last stream tone is absolutely the worst ending. You know, it's like I'm not that disappointed with the visuals. I think the visuals are okay. Uh, I mean, it's like, it's no worse than what we got in, like, Roundabout or anything like that. But the song <laughs> is so... Really leaves a lot to be desired. It's, it's so so low-key. Low it's like, nothing's nothing's really happening. I think Joseph's, like, asleep during the whole thing. It sucks the energy right out of you. It really does. Like, it has no Iraqi energy to it at that, all. There you go. No, it has no Iraqi energy. Like, I could jam to this, like, smooth jazz listen to this song, and it would be fine. But, like, it's not, yeah, no Iraqi energy. It's not fucking roundabout playing in. We do get we do get a good Kakyoin with his long scarf in it, though. I do like that. <laughs> Where's he keeping that thing? He's always wearing it. Maybe it's in his uniform. It's his forelock. <laughs> it's an extension of his forelock. You know what? Maybe it's a stand. Yeah. That's it's it. Hierophant oh, it's Hierophant yeah. Green disguising itself as a scarf. Yeah. And it ends on the Polaroid. So, Victor... How'd you like this episode? The first episode of the new half season. What? <laughs> you want to run my... I don't know. I was I was really into it. I was really into it until, like, the stand fight started. Mm-hmm. Because the stand fight is real dumb. Really? I don't like the enemy stand. I just kind of don't. Hmm. Well, not yet, anyway. I'm sure it'll show me something that'll make me more enduring to it but like i haven't seen the next episode yet yeah, so we've, we've barely seen anything yet yeah, yeah. but like it's just it's so inconsistent with itself it it's only there for 10 minutes and it <laughs> manages to contradict itself at least six times yeah conservatively <laughs> like, uh, that, that's pretty good odds for a rocky fight yeah, actually he's improving because <laughs> <laughs> it's just like does it drown people? Does it dehydrate people? Does it transfer water? Oh no, it is the water. Does the like it does it can hide in the blood? Does it hide in the sand? The it slashes people. What? Oh, it it can turn the sand into quicksand and eat the car. It like uh, oh, it detects uh, like he's detecting them by sound. Uh, that's why he went after the shouty ones. No, he's actually detecting tremors. Wait, why did he go after the watch then? Like I. <laughs> Look, <laughs> look, you're thinking too hard about this. If you just shut off all brain function, maybe you can enjoy How it. many times have you said that over the course of this podcast? <laughs> if you just put yourself into a brain-dead coma, like, just... no. If you're declared legally dead for three minutes. <laughs> that's the target audience. <laughs> so, I, I'm not sure if y'all are aware of this, but... There is a an American comic book that is a shameless ripoff of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Yeah, because because they just assume that it would never take off here. It's called Diesel. Yeah, and Indul okay. is like one of the first villains that they introduce in <laughs> Wait, the comic. Really? Yes, <laughs> I've uh, seen here. the knockoff Star Platinum, but not is Indul. it the same name? But oh. like, but like, I mean, he's just the same thing. Yeah, 
He, he doesn't have the swoopy thing, so it's not nearly as good. Yeah, he's got, like, edgy comic book sunglasses. Oh, yeah, he's, these are the sunglasses I like, man. <laughs> oh, this is some... God, fucking Western comic book art. Would you, yeah. Would you, like, yeah. would you like to see Star Platinum? Yeah. Yes, oh, boy. Okay. God. <laughs> it's like the Hulk with Super Saiyan. Yes. <laughs> uh. Super Saiyan God, Super Saiyan Hulk. <laughs> this is this is a DC comic, isn't it? I have no I have no clue. I have not read Diesel. I think I tr- I think I tried at one point and Wait, I got is it an image comic? Let's find out. I, I, I got. I, I hate this design. <laughs> yeah, it's terrible. I got to the point where the female in this in the series brought up her stand, and it was just a female ninja with giant titties, and I was just like, "Nah, I'm good." Uh huh. I mean, go on. No, oh, those that's are, it. Hey, it's lumpy enough to be in a Rocky drawing. Oh, this is really bad. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so here's here's your primer on this. This isn't even like my Japanese animes. Here's your primer on this. Do y'all want to do like an April Fool's episode about this? Yes. (laughs) Diesel was a one comic release. Like the first issue was published by Antarctic Press in April 1997. No other issues were ever released. Good. Good. All right. Well, thank you all for watching. Where can we find everyone? Well, you can find me on Twitter at Los Grantalonis. That's Los underscore Grantalonis. You can find me at Big Blue Zam, where I'll be posting many Diesel comics. (laughs) <laughs> all one <Please> don't. <laughs> god the proportions are just like uh, western comic proportions somehow make even Iraqi's proportions look good <laughs> oh wow <laughs> like look at yeah look at the fucking hip to waist ratio on that chick like i mm. hey we're doing anyway. our indian thing shut up do you your thing find me <laughs> on twitter at tf waffle man tweet at the podcast joe star all stars and Find the podcast on all of your normal podcast-finding places. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, joestarallstars.fireside.fm. And if you want to send us any communications electronically, you can send it to joestarallstars at gmail.com. Like, subscribe, leave five stars, pretty please. You know, five stars or no stars, those are the actual only options as far as algorithms are concerned. But you know, tell a friend. We appreciate it. We appreciate all of you. Be honest. If we if we if we if we need a two, then just, just let us know. <laughs> no, but don't, no, but don't actually review don't, us like that. Don't, like, don't send us an email. Us <laughs> just send an email and say y- y- y'all suck. Here's what you can do better, and then we can promptly ignore. <laughs> <laughs> just like a Rocky. <laughs> no, no, you don't understand. If our podcast was good, it would be it would bad. Be bad. <laughs> just like JoJo. Oh. <sighs> so this is Joe Star All-Star signing out for all This is Joe Star All-Star signing out for all of you canteen head nerds out there. <laughs> Say goodbye, JoJo. Goodbye, goodbye JoJo. Lol the Hammer Stanley. <laughs> 459 Cat! 459 Cat! You call, I have <laughs> Alright, let's check our audio. <laughs> How are y'all looking? And he has not stopped jerking off the entire time. I have not stopped jerking off the entire time.